see. Yep, rolling. Check, 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 check. Yep, good. Nice. Okay. Recording for us. I'm gonna hit, I'm gonna clap once and then we'll go. Welcome back to Tangent. My name is Matt Sparaza. I'm with Father Cham Sakuba. Close enough. <laughs> yeah, close enough. That's uh, not the worst mispronunciation of my name I've ever heard. It's great. I love it. People call you Cham <laughs> often. Yeah, so here we go. <laughs> All righty. Today's right, episode is on, what's it on? Patron, patron saints. Patron saints. Painting Your video saints. froze for a second there, and I, I couldn't see you at all. And I was like, did I lose him? So I started talking, then I stopped, and then you started, and I was, oh, no, okay. Anyway, right. so your, your video's back. Everything's fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. All right. I'm in a good I'm, place. I'm, I'm in I a good place. Good. Right? good. <laughs> I'm safe. Everything's good. okay. <laughs> yes. Let, let's talk yes. patron saints. Yes, um, let's. So maybe maybe the first thing is we'll, we'll give the people a little insight into our production here that... Mm-hmm. Uh, as we record today is is August fourth, the feast okay. of Saint John Vianney, who mm. is my patron saint because Saint John Vianney is the patron saint of parish priests. Now yeah. we're recording on August fourth ahead of time. This probably won't air for a couple more weeks. Um, that's because I'm leaving. I'm going away on vacation for two weeks, so I'll be gone. And mm. uh, we had started to think about recording, and then you know Matt had to go and get married and go on a honeymoon and stuff for I a mean, while. Talk so about that talk about a selfish guy. Thing. Honestly, Ugh. honestly, <laughs> yeah. So here we are now. We're we're recording a little bit in advance, but I, I like the idea of patron saints because we're recording on the the feast of, of my patron. But in preparation so, for this for this trip, I did right, not before I leave. Before I'm going to tell you about what what happened to me before I left. Okay. Okay. You before go before before I leave for this for this vacation. I'm I'm driving, and so okay. I thought, hey, it's time for me to get an oil change. So go to Naturally. the dealer to get the oil changed, and uh, tires rotating the whole thing because it's a road trip. And the guy says, well, we don't really actually have to do the oil change for you, Father. And I said, but it said change the oil. And he goes, yeah, it's actually only every 10,000 miles now. And so growing up, it was always every 3,000 miles you change your oil. Right? Okay. And that was the that was the general rule every three thousand miles, and then a couple years ago, a few few years back, uh, they started saying oh, no, every five thousand miles because they've improved the the quality the oil. Of, of the oil. Right now, it's every ten thousand miles, and I'm going. So for for decades, the conventional wisdom was three thousand miles. Wow. And then they made the jump. They couldn't quite double it to six thousand miles, but they got right. it up to five. Right. That's pretty good. Right. Now. In, in an even shorter span of time, they've managed to double the life of the oil in your car. It's amazing. It's amazing. So anyway, I didn't have to get my oil changed today. I only had to do some some tire rotation, and I'm in I'm in good shape. And we were and we were exciting. texting about that. That that was going to directly impact when we could record. Exactly, exactly. And so I ended up getting out earlier than I expect. This is great. Mm. It's fantastic. Mm. You know yeah. what they also did? They sent me a video of the inspection. Wow! Like the highlight reel of inspecting the car. That's. That's both really, really great because I imagine that uh, there's got to be an amount of distrust. I mean, maybe it's just me. Maybe I just don't trust people of like, did they really do it? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Well, so the, the thing that got me about, about this video that they sent me was they, they have one. It's just a shot of the brake pads. Okay. But that's all that you can see. Uh, right. I don't know what the brake pads look like. Right, right. So they could, it's just they, like, it could I be totally broken. 
Yeah, right. the guy's voice is saying the brake pads are in good shape, and I'm going, yeah, they look great to me. Yeah, of course. Right. Like, like I know anything. I don't have right. no idea what they're talking. Anyway, so right. the brake pads are fine. They, yeah. they show me all, all this stuff like I know what it is. Right. It was right. maybe not the most necessary thing, but they wanted to show me. Now I have the video just in case I want to get like my guy who's a mechanic. I can say, hey, can you look at this or something? But right. then I'd have to find a guy who's a mechanic who's like I can say is my guy because I don't have one of those yet. So right. someday. Yeah. You know, Do you know anybody that's got a guy for every, everything? I do. I know someone that's like that. I, I know some people who, who can think of or who know a guy who knows a guy. Right. My, my uncle Emilio yeah. has a guy for everything. I've, it's, it's, um, I mean, it's hilarious because it sounds like, and it's so stereotypical. He's a New York Italian, but he has a guy, <laughs> yeah, for, got a guy for everything. That. I got a guy. He's got a guy. guy for every, but he doesn't even say it like that. He just says like, "Oh, I'll call this person." I mean, I've had him. I'm trying to think what like some of the more obscure ones that he, he like when I was a, a kid, he had a guy that was gonna like help me break into the music industry, and I was like <laughs> 12 or 13, maybe. You know what I mean? And then but he was gonna like, make it happen for you. No, but like that guy like took me and my mother out to dinner, and like no kidding. Yeah, and like basically gave us a sales pitch you know what i mean and we we ended up not doing it because i was 12 um yeah but but it was hilarious Still, that, and he reached cool. out to me like eight years ago no not eight years ago eight years later he reached out to me wow his name was angelo angelo I'm just, just checking in want to see how yeah. you're doing yeah i'm just saying <laughs> That's that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, I guess here. I mean, I've got I've got Matt, who's the electrician. I've got uh, Joe, who's the plumber. Right. Joe, who does the lock. So I think I think both my plumber and the and the guy who does the locks are, are both named Joe. Right, uh, right. <laughs> They're kind of, or you kind of. I mean, that's what you patron someone, right? You hire them. You're patroning them. Ooh, Isn't that how that works? Wow. Way to bring it back to the subject. That was that's that what we're talking good. about. It's a little bit of a stretch, but I, I appreciate it. that. Was good. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Right, so it's we're talking you're about patronizing them. You're yeah, making right. fun you're of patron- them. <laughs> <Right>. No, <laughs> that's a different kind of patronizing. Different, uh, kind, sorry. different kind of patron. Yeah. All right. So the patron saint. The idea of the patron saint, I think, is is really beautiful because. Can what, I ask a question is, about is, it? Do it. Yeah. So uh, you probably you were probably just about to answer it. I should have just like probably you talk. was, it's okay. but that's okay. No, just go for you it. You said that you said that Saint John Vianney is your patron saint. I did not realize that any man is it so any man that becomes a priest, Saint John Vianney's his patron saint. Is that is that like official? You know what I'm saying? Uh, so Saint John Vianney is the patron saint of parish priests. So very right. very specifically, like we we're talking about diocesan priests. So a guy who's a diocesan priest, John Vianney, that's his guy. I guess uh, I just he's never the first thought diocesan of it like that. priest ever canonized. Yeah. I never thought of it like that because you hear things like uh, I'm trying to think of like the most obscure. I don't know. So like, so like Saint Dymphna is the patron saint of mental illness. You know, right? It's like, but if you suffer from anxiety, she's like immediately your patron saint. Is that what that is? I just thought it was that you could pray, you could ask Saint Dymphna for her prayers, and they would be extra potent. You know what I mean? And perhaps that's foolish, but that's how I always understood it. Well, I, I think I think it's it's kind of both things. So it depends on how personal you want to get with it, right? And actually, that's that's part of the beauty of the idea of a patron saint, right? Right. So think of it like you've got the patron saints who 
uh, are the patron saint of a, a particular thing. And and honestly, when you when you look at how the church has has come up with the, the way that some of these people are patron saints, like um, it, it's not always the the most logical thing in the world. It's just mm-hmm. there's a, a person who had this profession, who had a, a particular devotion to this saint, and spread that devotion. And so they always associated it with the person who is in this profession. And so this saint who had nothing to do with that profession in their own life, like the patron saint of bakers, right? Is okay. uh, it's Saint Agnes, right? Saint Agnes right. had nothing to do. She's with, like a second century or, is mar- is martyr. Agnes right? or, or Agatha? Agnes, I think. Yeah. Ag- well, Ag- um, had nothing you're to do about, with like Agnes and Agony in, in Rome. They have a church that's got Saint Agnes's skull. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm pretty sure that's it. Yeah, she was like 13, um, but had so. like had yeah had nothing to do with with yeah. the actual with with bakers or anything like that. But bakers found a devotion to her, and so she's wow. just always been associated with bakers. But she, I didn't know that she wasn't known for her baking skills or anything like that. No, her culinary skills are, are completely unknown to history. It's great, right? So you right. get these, you get a, a patron saint, and and even the way that the church comes up with it, like I'm actually not certain that the church officially declares someone a patron other than when the, the church decides we're going to uh, name this church, this particular church mm. building after this saint. Or for example, with World Youth Day, uh, they'll choose patrons for the World Youth Day. Uh, so we're going right. to choose these, these particular saints to be the, the patrons of World Youth Day. And right. that, that's kind of it. Um, so the, the idea that that patronage, it kind of just comes with We've we've chosen we we've decided to take this person as as our patron, right? So and that's that's one way. Um, my church is Saint Pius the Tenth because Bishop Sheehan decided to name the parish after Saint Pius the Tenth. Therefore, it's Saint Pius the Tenth Parish. He's our patron saint. There's and, no and, other reason other than when he established it, he named it for Saint Pius. Right, right in honor. Right. Okay. So because I so I'm a member of the Angelic Warfare Confraternity. I don't know if you're familiar with cool. it. Cool. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it is awesome. I'm I'm so pleased to be a member, truly. Um Can we put information about the Angelic Warfare con- uh confraternity, confraternity in the show notes? I'm sure we can. I'm sure we can. Sweet. Um Let's do it. It is awesome. It, it, and and the, the like elevator pitch of it is if you struggle with chastity, um which is something that was has always been a struggle for me, truly. Um although Honestly, in the since cultivating a deeper faith, uh, or rather being graced by one, uh, it became easier and easier. And then, especially since joining the confraternity, it has been easier mm. and easier. Um, then, then this confraternity is for you. Um, and and the it's 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 almost hilariously simple in that like you join this confraternity, you agree to say fifteen Hail Marys, a prayer to Saint Thomas Aquinas, and a prayer to the Lord for for chastity. And that's your fulfillment for the day. Like that is what it is. It is so. It is so like minute. I was like, I was in a position where I was like, okay, I'm like pretty much saying a rosary anyway a day, so I'll just offer fifteen for you know for the angelic. And you pray for your own chastity and the chastity of the angelic warfare confraternity. And so and then okay. you know in in response response I guess they are doing the same thing right. So you are benefiting from all their prayers, but. Also, as as a member of this confraternity, because the church has the ability to bind and loose, St. Thomas Aquinas and the Blessed Virgin Mary are my patrons in heaven, like Sweet. officially, as done by the binding of the church, you know? And so I was under the impression, I guess, I guess perhaps foolishly, right? Because I also thought that it, you know, patron saint was like your confirmation saint, you know? 
the name mm-hmm. that you choose then. Uh, but then I, I, I thought, oh, you know what? Maybe there's a more official, you know, patronage you can get here by entering a confraternity or by entering well, maybe, maybe a certain con, you know, like order, you know? Uh, or there is actually, so you're, you're absolutely right. There is that, that more official. So you, you, you belong to right. this confraternity. Right. And as a result of that, you have Thomas Aquinas, the Blessed Mother, as, as particular patrons because of your membership in the confraternity. If right. uh, someone is to join a religious order, uh, someone who becomes a Dominican, then St. Dominic is by default their patron. Right. St. Francis, right. if you become a Franciscan, is by default your patron. Um, right. I took St. Sebastian as my confirmation name. Right. So okay. Sebastian is, is my, my personal patron. Like I've chosen that. And mm-hmm. I've, I've asked for that sort of relationship. And honestly, at the time that I was confirmed, I wasn't asking for that. I was just like, this is a cool name. And I think that St. Sebastian is pretty, is pretty cool. Yeah. Guy. He, uh, he almost died. To, well, he died, he died once, but he almost died twice. I know his story <laughs> you know? is cool. And it is cool. And, and so I, that's, that's kind of an example that I want to follow. So yeah, I'll, I'll take him as my confirmation name. Uh, and then later on, I realized that by virtue of that that bond through confirmation, that he's actually a patron for me. Uh, well, because right. I'm a, I'm a diocesan priest, Saint John Vianney, as patron saint of diocesan priest, is my patron in in a very right. real way. He's he's right. my patron. I have to make that personal too. But th- there are certain things where it's by virtue of the thing that you do, you have that that patron saint. So if you're a police officer, if you're a doctor or a lawyer, right. you have certain patrons. And right. that's, the that's second it. you this become your, a doctor. This St. Luke is your patron. Right on. Exactly. That's awesome. Exactly. That's awesome. But then there's there's other things too. Like a lot of times in, uh, in Italy, they've got the the practice of celebrating your name day in addition yes, to your Yes, I know. Birthday. I've had my ears pulled several times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my so last name, name is Sparazzo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a big deal to say like, today is the the feast day of the saint for whom I am named. Right. Whether it's my birthday or not actually doesn't matter. This is my name right. day. And right. so I'm celebrating this saint as a particular patron for me. And then you can kind of, as you go through life, you can pick other saints that are, are special patrons for you as, as you go along. Now, what's great with this is it's that reminder that we have this heavenly help. We have these mm-hmm. saints who will intercede for us and who are the example for us and who kind of show us something about what we hope to emulate in our own lives. Right? Mm-hmm. But then think of, mm-hmm. of how that works too in, um, in almost anything else. Almost, almost anything else that you, that you do uh, in life, you're looking for somebody who can be a mentor, who can be a, an example right. for you. Right. Um, and so in, in it's a spiritual other, internship. In other languages. Yeah. <laughs> in, in other languages, it, it works out a little bit better, but like the word that they use for Godfather mm-hmm. or Godmother mm-hmm. is a lot closer to patron than it is to mm. what we say. Mm. Right. So we say Godmother, Godfather, but this one actually, it, it speaks more to the, the idea of patronage. And right. so, if someone is asked to be the patron for this person, it means that they're, they're being asked to take an active role in this person's life and to not only to pray for them, but to also provide something for them uh, to help them with, with these different, different moments in their life. The, the word godfather, godmother doesn't quite capture that, that no. patronage in, in the same way, right? No, no, like, I mean... Right, yeah, please. Even even Harry Potter got it right. Expecto Patronum. Uh, and <laughs> did you ever see Harry this Potter? Is, you ever watch it? Let me let Harry me Potter? tell you something. This is a tangent. Oh yeah, I got well, so I got it now. 
Here's the only reason I know anything about Harry Potter. Then I'll explain why I expect a Patron. Okay, so the only reason okay. I know anything about Harry Potter is because uh, there's this very nice family that I got to know uh, while I was assigned in Greenwich. Uh, okay. The, the Guido family, they're, they're super nice people. Okay. And they very kindly invited me out. This is many, many years ago. Very kindly invited me out for dinner one night. So I'm at, mm-hmm. at the restaurant with, with this, this family. And their two daughters, who at the time were, I don't know, probably in fourth and second grade. Um, just they're both in college now, and they mm-hmm. they they sat there, and and the older one, uh, Christine, looked at me and she said, "Father Sam, what's your favorite book?" And I was really struck that this child wanted to right. talk about literature at the dinner right. table, yeah. and and they had these. I, I can't say enough like how impressive these kids were with just their, their maturity and their, their approach to things. They're super polite. And so we're, we're sitting there talking about books and I'm telling them about how my favorite is always Lord of the Rings. I have to say that every single time because I can't mm-hmm. help myself. Uh, and then we started talking about other, other books and she said, well, have you ever read Harry Potter? And I said, no, I've never read Harry Potter. She goes, well, before you decide what your favorite book is, I think you should really read Harry Potter. Wow. <laughs> and, and then her little sister, who's in second grade, chimed in with, I've read the first four, let's say, however many books are. Like, I've, I've read the first four. Right. I started to read the fifth one, but it was a little too intense for me, so I decided it was time to stop. It's so now I'm blown away because this child, self-censored, realized that this right. book is, is too much for me. I'm not ready for it yet. Right. The content is a little too scary. It's a little intense, and I, I can't handle it, and so I shouldn't keep reading. Right. And chose of her own volition to put the book aside and not right. continue because it's a little too much for me. And I'm going... These kids are going to be fine, and I've never yeah. worried about them since. I've never worried about them like doing the right thing. They're they're great, but right. here they are. So so they, they have this whole conversation with me about their favorite books, and challenged me like without mm-hmm. meaning to challenge me, but challenged me saying, "Yeah, before you can make a decision about your favorite book, you really need to read this." And we've already done the work, so we're just right. offering you the encouragement. Right. And I I went home that night thinking to myself, "I've never had any interest at all in reading Harry Potter, but right. if these tiny children can do it, then then yeah. maybe I should give it a shot." So I was I was basically shamed into reading Harry Potter by okay. young children who <laughs> who challenged me and suggested in not so many words that if I didn't do it, I was academically dishonest. Right, right, right. <laughs> Not quite right. in those words, but you're a liar and a cheat. Took, that was my takeaway. That was my right, takeaway. Right. And so I, I went and I found that on uh, like on Kindle Lending Library, you, I could get them for free. Oh, you can get them. So for free I just for started sure. plowing through Harry Potter books and, and reading them and everything. Okay, and, and I, I realized. At a certain point, they, he's got. They've got this thing where they 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 wave the wand and they say "expecto patronum," and there's supposed to be this like ghost-like figure that comes out and protects yeah. them or does something for them, yeah. and it takes a particular form, etc. And I don't remember. Yeah, it takes why. the form it's of an animal. In, yeah. Look, in the end, in the end, Harry Potter's not my favorite, and sure. I, I can say that with honesty and academic yeah. integrity because I've actually yeah. done the reading. So mm-hmm. I. I I'm I'm now confident saying that it's not my favorite. I think it's it's fine if you want to read it, but like not my right, thing. not my thing. Anyway, I see. I was so interested. Part, yeah, please <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Tell me well, why you're I was, interested. I was I was so interested to hear your opinion because it is so scandalous for people to read Harry Potter according according to some people. Um, That's true. And and I went through. I mean, hilariously went through both phases of being like, "It is no big deal at all," and being like, "It is the worst thing you could possibly do." Like I, I hit both sides of the spectrum, um, 
which makes a lot of sense for me. You know me well, so you know yeah. that I'm, I, I follow the passion sometimes. Um, and at first it was like, there is so many like obvious Christian themes. For goodness sp- sakes, Voldemort is a snake. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Right. How much closer to Genesis do you want it? You know? Right. And, but then on the other side of it, it was like, it was always, it was like, you know what? I've, I've had people tell me that like, it has, like, it, it does have almost like a cult following, uh, and, and, you know, it's impacted their prayer life. And I, I want to respect that because that's like a personal, you know, like testimony of it. You know, I read this and it made praying difficult, you know? Um, but I always struggled with like, well, you can't, you can't write it off of ma- because of magic. If we write it off because of magic, you got to write off Narnia and Lord of the Rings. You know what I mean? Like those, and those are so obviously Christian and then specifically Catholic books. Like magic can't be the getaway car. You know what I mean? Um, but I have come to very, very recently come to, I think, appreciate both the fact that if you are to read it to your kids or read it yourself, I mean, I think it's a little easier if you're reading it yourself, but particularly with children, you got to like, you got to make sure, sh- make sure that they know it's fake. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and you got to like, you got to point out the good parts of it and, and point out the bad parts of it. You know, like I'm trying to think of a specifically, a specific detriment, but, but well, uh, if, certainly if you're going to make it, if, if you're going to look at the difference, maybe the biggest one is while there's magic talked about in mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings or the Chronicles of Narnia, um, Harry Potter actually has incantations and spells kind of sure written sure. out for you whereas you, you don't really get that i mean maybe i don't i don't remember it but i was thinking maybe in narnia but you don't really get it it's more that they talk about the fact that this magic happened right. so if if you wanted to talk about something that could potentially be dangerous it's that well they they they're writing out things that could be could be spells right. and it's sort of a a pigeon latin it's not not really Latin, Latin, but right. it's it's similar. So it it kind of has the the sound of or right. the, the the plausible identification with a language that could actually be real. I would say so. Uh, yeah, I can understand the desire for caution. The the most dangerous part of it that I noticed. I recently watched the the last movie, and and I had forgotten about it, and I hadn't seen it since really taking the faith very like very seriously. I just hadn't seen it. Um, Something that is notable is that Harry Potter uses the quote unquote unforgivable curse, you know, that like takes over a person's will, you know, in order to, mm. to achieve his end. And it's like, yeah. wow, that is a really bad message, you know, like that he's like, <laughs> like it is, you know what I mean? If like this, yeah, this thing isn't is the thing so we should bad be encouraging that it's kids unforgivable, to do. but our protagonist right. is using it to achieve a good end, you know? It's like, that's yeah. really bad. That's really bad. But at the same time, it's like in this same movie, Voldemort speaks in the heads of everybody. And it's like the devil whispering in your ear. And I could see how that would be really good. You know, and, and in the fifth book and sixth and whatever, you know, it's like sometimes Harry thinks that Voldemort's voice, he mistakes it for his own voice. You know what I mean? So it's like, wow, you know, there's, uh, okay. there's something very profound about that and that we can get yeah. tricked here, you know? But it's like, there's a lot, I, the only way I know how to put it is that there's a lot more nuance that you need to take. You know what I mean? You have to be, you have to be really careful with Harry Potter. Whereas with your kid, if, you, if they're reading Narnia, you're like, yeah, go for it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. go learn about and, Aslan. And, It'll be really good for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I so. think you, you also always come back to, uh, when, whenever you're reading stories, some stories are, are just stories. 
some stories have have a deeper right. message, a deeper meaning. Yeah. And sometimes you don't pick up on a deeper meaning or, or the deeper meaning of the story until later. Mm-hmm. Now that can be that can be the tricky thing. Sometimes it's the sneaky way in which mm-hmm. this thing was taught to you. So like right. the reason that I can recognize certain pieces of classical music is because I watched Looney Tunes as a child. <laughs> wow. Right? That's so awesome. So in a very sneaky way, they, they, they like got all this classical music in. Right. And I don't know if that was explicitly the intention, but they certainly educated a whole lot of people about some basics of classical music. Right. There was an cartoons. incognito education there. Right. Absolutely. And the same thing can happen. The same thing can happen in, in literature where you're kind of teaching people something through the, the literature that you're writing. So yeah, yeah. That's that's good to be good to be careful. Anyway, so yeah. what were we talking Nicole and Christine about? Before taught this? Me, <laughs> well, they taught me a lot about, about Harry Potter and challenged me to read it. So I, I did. And right. uh, I, I saw that the that patron, the expecto patronum, so this thing that mm. comes out of the wand and, and protects mm. them, this ghost like figure. Um, th- there's actually something kind of kind of powerful about it. Um the difference, I think, is that they have to build up to a certain skill level in order to be able to call upon their magical patron mm. who protects them. Mm-hmm. The big difference, of course, from the Christian perspective is that we don't have to build up any skill. Right. You simply ask the saint to pray for you, and they do. We, there's no there's no skill involved. There doesn't have to be anything that like I've accomplished. I don't have to have learned anything. I don't have to have the right equipment. All I have to do is to be able to call upon the saint. I just have to know the saint's name who I, I desire to, to right. ask. And even if I'm not sure, I just say, all you saints, all you holy men and women, pray for me, guide me, uh, help me, help me along this this path. Because the saints in heaven have that have that access to God so closely, and they're able to then call upon God for us. That's what the that's what a patron does. The, the patron goes to the highest authority to, on our behalf to, to intercede for us. And the, the beauty of that idea that right. we have these souls, even though we've never met them in this life, who, who will pray for us. And then that, that takes us to like a whole other aspect of, of our faith, right? That right. If we believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, uh, we believe in the communion of saints, we believe that we're in this communion that transcends time and space. If we believe that we're in this communion that transcends time and space, then I don't need to have met this saint to be friends with them, right? That was right. A, a beautiful thing that uh, uh, one of the girls in our confirmation class a couple years ago, uh, she chose Pio as her as her confirmation name uh, for Padre Pio. Mm-hmm. And it was it was interesting, but the way she wrote about Padre Pio, she said, he's he's my favorite saint, and then a couple other things about him and, and how she's learned to, to ask for his intercession. And then it just ended with, he is my friend. Yeah. And it was this simplicity and this beauty. So I stopped her after mass one day and I was like, hey, I heard Padre Pio is your friend. And she, she kind of blushed a little bit and, and got a little sheepish. And she goes, yeah. And I said, well, I think that's really good. Could you do me a favor and ask Padre Pio to pray for me too? And she like she her face just like brightened up, and she looks and goes, "Yeah, I will." And, and right. I was talking to a, a family member of hers, and he goes, "You know, she's going to do it now. You're in trouble. Right, <laughs> she's going right. to do it. She's she's actually going to make Padre Pio pray for you." I'm like, right. "Hey, I'm I'm okay with that. I, I like that right. idea very much." You know? Right. Incidentally, Padre Pio is is very similar. Every time I think of Padre Pio, I always think of him as sort of a modern day John Fiani. Sure. John Fiani was a third order Franciscan. 
Padre Pio was actually a Franciscan. Right. John Vianney would spend 10 to 15 hours a day in the confessional. Padre Pio was known for spending hours upon hours in the confessional every day as, as that minister of mercy. So you right. see this, like there's, there's some serious parallels there. So I'm like, okay, oh, this yeah. is, this is kind of cool because if her patron, this little girl's patron, uh, is, is Padre Pio and my patron is John Vianney and she's going to go to Padre Pio for me, then that's really good, which now I'm thinking about it and I sound really selfish because I'm like, Hey, would you pray to Padre Pio for me? And she says, yes. And I have yet to pray to John Vianney for her. So now well, I got my work cut out for me. I got, yeah, I got to go yeah, do something. I was going to say, you know what? The <sighs> Lord's good. He's reminding you. <laughs> He's reminding me. Well, I'll tell you what, tell <laughs> on that what. note, on that note of just needing to needing to do our work, needing to do the thing. Let's wrap this episode right there, asking our patrons to pray for us and then to get to work, praying for the people who need our prayers, asking the intercession of the saints to guide us in all that we do. Yeah. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Tangent. You can catch us on... You can find this on other places. 1350 AM, 103.9. 103.9 FM. FM. That's right. Yeah, it was 103.9 FM. FM on Veritas Catholic Radio Network. That's the name of those stations. Uh, and you on can the also Veritas catch us app? wherever you... On the Veritas app, yes. And wherever you Let's get your podcasts. Yes. That's where you can catch us. Whenever you want. Thanks for listening to The Tangent. <laughs> God bless you. Amen. See you next time. <laughs>